That's some exciting news. I just found out as we handed this out that this is, he did the lesson I was supposed to do last week. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, trying to figure out exactly which way to go here. Was there any questions about last week? <laughs> so, um, I believe last week you were supposed to learn about Rahab and so forth. Did you? You didn't? Okay. All right. So the next lesson probably didn't make any sense because you didn't know what they were talking about before that. So, so it's going to be a very short lesson today. <laughs> I don't know that there's a whole lot I can add to, to what he said um, on that, but I thought I would go back and just so that, um, and I'm sure you probably spoke about, um, um, did you talk about Moses' death at all or n- nope? Okay, so what I think I'll do, I'll read the previous chapter uh, verses that they had for that, and uh, just, uh, I think, because last week you went through Joshua basically taking over um, to take the the people into, um, across, I guess you, he already crossed the Jordan, so I don't even need to go there, <laughs> but I'm going to go back a little bit um, previously, so... I'm going to open with prayer and uh, apologize for the confusion. I thought we had this straightened out last week, but um, I guess it never hurts to learn something a little extra. <laughs> so, Our Heavenly Father, Father, we just thank you so much. We've had this Thanksgiving week, and hopefully we've taken some time to just think about so many things that you've given to us that we take for granted from the... Uh, the families and friends that we have, to the food on our table, to the jobs we have, whatever it might be, Father, um, that uh, we enjoy every day that uh, we don't give you the thanks for. And uh, just a time to to look at and be thankful for the people around us that make such a big difference in our lives. And we, we pray that we don't forget to do that as well throughout the year, not just this week. Father, as we kind of jump around in your word here in the midst of some confusion. We just pray that in the midst of this, that uh, your truth comes out. Um, something is clarified that somebody didn't, didn't quite understand and, or, you know, just whatever you might have worked through us in this, through these words as we read them this morning. Father, we just lay this in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, before Joshua got his people ready to go across the Jordan, which I think is where you guys went through last week. Um, Moses had brought the, all the people to the, all the people through after the 40 years, brought them to the, got ready to go into the promised land. And uh, and please, if you've already done this, <laughs> say we already did that too, but got ready to come into the um, promised land and God had, told Moses that he wasn't going to go, that he was just going to see the promised land. He wasn't going to get to go in. And uh, I know growing up hearing that story and listening to that and through the years, it's like, wow, that really doesn't seem fair <laughs> that he would do all that and put up with all that. Um, but he had done one thing and it had consequences that, you know, it goes so much of the Bible talks about how much God loved Moses and how much he cared about him and how close he was and all that. But there was still consequences when he completely turned away from what God wanted him to do. And when he got mad and smacked the rock, 
that was you know that was God's God's plan that he wouldn't wouldn't actually go into the promised land. Um, but that being said, when the time came that it was ready to go in the promised land, it said Moses, when he died, was still full of vigor, still had all the strength, hadn't deteriorated in any way. You know, he was still still a strong hundred and some year old man that he went on there. So, you know, God wasn't, you know, didn't give him a, a really bad, bad ending or anything. It was just it was time for him to go. He wasn't going in, but he let him see it, go up on the thing and see it. And to be able to pass that on to Joshua um, when he did that. So, um, so I don't think you started out with Joshua 1 last week. So um, I'm just going to go in there and uh, talk through. Because next week you'll be going into when they start their conquest of the Canaanites and so forth. And this will be relevant <laughs> on that. So... Um, as Joshua um, is given charge of the Israelites and so forth in Joshua 1, after, after Moses' death, and uh, it goes on, and he takes command of the thing, and so he, de- he decides they're ready to go in, so he's going to send spies in, um, just like Moses did 40 years prior. He's going to send spies across the Jordan, um, to find out what's going on over there to see, you know, what they need to do as far as crossing over and taking their land. And, uh, excuse me. <clears throat> so in chapter 2, Ian said, well, can you wing it? I said, I'm not a really good winger, <laughs> but we're going to wing it. So... So Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men as spies secretly from Shittim, saying, Go see the land, especially Jericho. So they went and they came into the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, the men from the sons of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. And the king of Jericho sent a word to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you. And who have entered your house, for they have come to search out the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I do not know where they were from. Now it happened that when it was time to shut the gate at dark, that the men had went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly so that you may overtake them. But she had brought... She had brought them up to the roof and concealed them in the stalks of the flax, which she had laid on the order in the roof. So the men pursued them on the road to Jordan to the fords. And as soon as those who were pursuing them had gone out, they shut the gate. And before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to them, said to the men, I know that Yahweh has given to you the Land and that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land will melt away before you. For we have heard of how Yahweh dried up the water of the Red Sea before you, and you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, and to Shion and the Og, and who had devoted you, the, whom you devoted to destruction. Indeed, we have heard it, and our hearts have melted. And a courageous spirit no longer rose up in any man because of you. For Yahweh your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. So now please swear by me, Yah- by me Yahweh, since I have shown loving, loving kindness to you, that you also show loving kindness to my father's household and give me a pledge of truth. 
and preserved my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters alive with all those who belong to them and deliver our lives from the from death so the men said to her our life for yours if you do not tell the business of ours and it will be when Yahweh gives us the land that we will show loving kindness and the truth to you then she let them down by a rope through the window for her house was on the city wall so that it was she was living on the wall and she said to them go to the hill country lest the pursuers reach you and hide yourselves there for three days until the pursuers return then afterwards you may go on your way and the men said we shall be free from this oath to you we shall be free from this oath to you which you have made us sweat unless we when we come down to the land you tied the cord of scarlet thread through the window through which you let us down and gather to yourself your house your father your mother your brothers and all your father's household and it will be that anyone who goes out the doors of your house into the street his blood shall be on his own head we shall not we shall be free but anyone who is with you in the house his blood will be on our head if his hand is laid on him but if you tell our business this business of ours and then we shall be free from the oath which we have made us swear and she said, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them on their way. So, strange story. Um, as we look at, you've waited 40 years for, for the people that squabbled about the land they were in and stuff and in the plague that they, plagues they had to endure and, and everything they had to endure because of their sin so that they'd be a more righteous nation. And they... they go in to, to try to um, search out what's going on here and they end up at a, a prostitute's home and apparently the king knows who she is and she <laughs> you know, and he sends people there to, to see her and stuff because they saw her come in there and, uh, and then she starts with this whole, whole story that she has and it, it, it was so interesting <laughs> as you look at this, because it's been 40 years, you know, they don't have news, they don't have internet, they don't have anything other than, you know, and they've, they've been out wandering in the desert, and I'm sure people knew that, but, but after 40 years, most of the Israel has died that were older and stuff, but still the story of the Red Sea and what they did with Egypt is still on their minds. They, they know this happened. And then they know that the battles as they've come across the desert, the battles that they've went in there and, and the way that they've won those battles, uh, they're completely done. They have no desire to fight for their land or anything. They just, they just you know, they don't, they don't want anything to do with that fight because they're already scared of what God, God can do. And uh, I just thought it was, it was really interesting that after all this time that that was so fresh in their minds. I mean, the kings are always worried about who's going to take them over and how, when they're going to lose their reign. And if, so I'm, I'm sure you, know, you kind of think about the king, but is that all the people of the land, are their hearts have melted. And that news made it back to the prostitute's house to the point where, you know, where she was worried about it as well and prepared to, to make a deal. Um, so it just, it just goes to show, you know, that God can work through anybody, anytime, but the, the, the things that happen to us in our lives, they can affect us for our whole lives, and, and we don't want to forget the things that God's done for us 
because, you know, it could affect others years down the road as, as they go along with that. So, um, so then they get to chapter three, basically. And uh, I said, I have no idea what, you know, I'm sure this is all pretty similar stuff. Um, one kind of direction that I was looking at on this was as Joshua gets ready and as we went into chapter three and he sent the spies out and I, I can't imagine, you know, it's been 40 years since Joshua went in there, comes back and said, this land is ours, you know, we can take it. And then the whole group turned on him and said no. And he ends up spending the rest, you know, next 40 years in the desert instead of what he'd seen eating giant apples and stuff like that. Um, so the emotions and so forth that must have been going through his mind, you know, I mean, um, God, when he talked to him there said, I think three or four times, he says, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. And it's like, okay, this guy has been strong and courageous his whole life. You know, he's stood up for Moses. He's done all these things, but God also knows that he's still dealing with Israelites that are grumbly and, and have no, you know, have no desire to do what's right rarely ever and uh, always blame the leader which he's now it for everything that happens um you know he's god's talking to him now directly i mean that that's cool but it's probably pretty daunting knowing that all the responsibility comes back on there he undoubtedly had family that were that had died in the desert that he you know i, I can't imagine that everybody there thought okay, we're going to be here until we die. You know, God's never going to relent. He's not going to forgive us. There's probably people that thought they were, well, you know, it's been 40 years. He's going to let us in, you know, but, you know, apparently they didn't cross that until the last person that died, you know, and it was, it was time for them to go in. So Joshua had, had all sorts of things, you know, that would be going through his mind when the spies come back, if they give it, are the people going to turn, are they going to say no again? You know, he had no way of knowing. Um, they were ready to go for Moses and then stopped. And so, so um, you, I, I, you know, like I said, he's not a, a fearful man, but I can't imagine the thoughts and stuff that would be going through in his head at this point, 40 years later, going through the same thing that he'd, he'd went through before and the people failed miserably and uh, cost him. And then most of the people that are going into there are from like um, 40 to 60 years old. And they've spent their life in the desert because of what their parents did. And, you know, my kids blame me for a lot of stuff, you know, when they, when they you know, could have done this better. And no doubt I probably could have raised them better. But I didn't, something I did didn't make them live in the desert for 40 years with nothing to do. Because, I mean, they had, other than take care of their sheep, you know, none of them, you could really start your business up, you know, when you're wandering around and stuff. And, and I can't imagine, you know, if a father would say, son, I think you should do that. He goes, okay, you're, you're the one that God hates and cursed, and I'm supposed to listen to you. You know, <laughs> you know you're, you're the one I'm supposed to take, take any sort of advice from. So I can't imagine what that 40 years was like if the young people were really ticked off because they, their lives were, a huge chunk of their lives was lost the promise that God had made to all of them was lost for 40 years. 
Um, they know there's a land of milk and honey. They know there's more food and, and pasture and all that kind of stuff. And they can't go in because of choices that at least some of the parents made. And, you know, we have to figure if there was a couple million people or however many that they said there was going through there, that there were some people that wanted to go, were ready to go in. But the, the majority, I guess, you know, probably, you know, threw up and said, I'm not going, you know, we're not going in there. And so they all stayed out. So just as they get ready to go in, they're getting ready to cross the river and stuff. And as these things are happening, it's just, I, it's just a, just thinking about what's going through everybody's mind, what's going to happen now, you know, after all this time. So, but that's probably the only thing different than what he gave <laughs> you. But Joshua had going for him. It's a complete different generation than yep. what he dealt with the first time. Yep. So they've known yeah. him all their lives. Yep. So yeah, absolutely. He did. He did, and. Like I said, they they can't have felt like that was where they were supposed to be is in the desert. So I'm sure they were all ready for something different. So that's true. So, yeah. so was there any other questions on the like with Rahab and be going in before that or Moses' death or anything that had any questions on any of that stuff before we get to there? Yet. Well, I know my wife and I talked about that this week. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, the you know the the rules of their Bible are truth and and those things. Um, yeah, it we we didn't really come to any conclusions on that, other than that in that she thought she was following God and in, in what she was doing along those lines. I mean, she was trying to save her and her family. It's not that she had any particular love for God, but she knew God was who he was because of what he did. And that was the way to save her life. Um, there's a couple of verses in, that, you know, you look at through the Bible and it says, you know, be shrewd like a snake so that you don't, you know, when you're business and stuff, so, you know, you look at that like, well, that seems really weird. But he's, he's saying, to, you know, there's times when you have to make decisions that are, are, are best in lieu of everything that's going around, you know, and in lieu of the people around you and what they're trying to do. Um, most of the cases in the in the Bible when someone is trying to protect someone else or save their life, sometimes it was pretty extreme measures that we thought, yeah, that's not sure we would, that would be something I would do. But they were trying to, you know, save somebody's life, trying to promote the kingdom of God in those things. So um, I don't know if you got this more idea. Yeah.
So which was it? Did he make it happen or did he use it? <laughs> Thought that'd get off of me for about an hour. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And and verse nine is really I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them, We are all afraid of you. Everyone in this land is living in terror. Right there, so we're already afraid of you. You're gonna do whatever it takes to live at that point. What's the first point of wisdom according to God? He says the fear of the Lord is the first step, and she had it. She had it completely, you know, and, you know, I know he's in charge and if all comes down to it, I want to be on his side. So what's the best choice? Save his people, you know, along those lines. So, so the motivation was a fear of God and that's, that's a good thing in God's eyes. Yeah. So there you go. And it definitely sets a sets a, a example for us that regardless of what situation we find our in, find ourselves in, we don't um, we may not think we're worthy at that time to to promote the gospel or whatever, but but God can use us regardless of which which place we are. Um, you know, in our, our lives, we have ups and downs and, and stuff like that. And there's a lot of times when we don't, we say, well, where I'm at right now, I'm not really any use to anybody. And that's not necessarily the case. You can still see the truth of God. And if you know those things, um, when Ian was talking this morning, uh, on the scripture he was talking about there, it says, if you do this, you won't be useless. <laughs> that was like, I don't want to be useless. <laughs> That's not what I want to be. And uh, so it kind of encourages you to, to uh, keep taking those steps forward. Um, but, but this says, and it doesn't matter even if you feel useless at the time, if you know the truth, it's there to share. That's the reason you have it is so that you can pass that on to somebody. Even if it's just being good to somebody, just doing something out of that loving kindness, brotherly love. Um, type of thing. Uh, we're, we're always capable of doing those things. So. Any other questions on anything? Did you guys make it all the way then across the cross with the stones? And I, I don't know, there may have been like four people here and everybody else was gone last week. I don't know. But, but, um, um, so they went across. But it's, as I read through the 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 parallels and stuff between the between the two things between the Red Sea where this all started and and the Jordan River and the things that stood out and you know being that they both times they walked on dry ground you know and stuff just to just to solidify the fact that there there was there's no way that this could be a natural occurrence, you know, and he may have mentioned last week too that that if you go back and look, the Jordan River was like bottled up for 21 days back after an earthquake in 1927 for or 21 hours. It was 
It was completely blocked. It wasn't dry. The river didn't dry up, you know, because, but an earthquake had caused a landslide a few miles down the road, and it pretty well just blocked the Jordan for 21. So people say, well, see, that could have happened at any point. Um, but it would be very odd unless God, God had set this forward for it to happen right when they stuck their feet in the water, the, water, the ground turns dry, and, and then as soon as they step out of the water, the water starts back in behind them. So it, it solidifies the fact that it was, a, it was the hand of God and it was a miracle that it, that it took place and not just something that just happened, a, a coincidence that happened at that point. The part on the, I'm not big on like memorials, but I didn't take near enough pictures of my kids when they're growing up and stuff like that. And uh, saying this means this to me, or this means this means that. And, and uh, as you look at that, when, when God has them carry these stones over, you know, and they're all huge stones, you know, they're big enough, they got to carry them on their shoulders, not huge, but, but they carry them over there and they stack these up and, and, they expect him to be there for their children to see. You know, he says, see there, so you'd explain to your children what that is, which in our world today, you know, we don't expect something to be there next week if it, you know, very well could be gone next week because nothing really holds any value to people that are, that are like that. And, uh, but just thinking about, you know, he said with your kids and your grandkids and stuff, how, how you have to be ready to share what God's done for you. And uh, again, as a parent, you can beat yourself up all day long on what you do. But I know personally, I've missed tons of opportunities to tell my children what God did in my life. You know, I've tried, okay, you're coming to church, you're listening to these things, but it probably could have shared more personal stuff about what God did for me and what he's done in my life, what he has him do in my parents' life. Those kind of things that we don't, hand down like they used to I mean like I said here they they carried these stories for 60 years on you know we're not that great at carrying down all the family stuff by word and you know making sure everybody knows who everybody is and and what how God's worked in their lives and stuff so that kind of stuck out to me is going through there because stacking up a bunch of stones and leaving them isn't probably something that I would think well that sounds useful at that but when I started thinking about how many times have I made, some, made sure somebody knew that I was where I was today because of what God did here and what God did there in my life. And the impact that I may think it may not have any, but it very well could because they very well could be listening. So. Any other questions at all? I know it's kind of early. Now, again, I apologize for the confusion and on that stuff, but... Uh, Anything like that? All right. You all have a great.